0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. This is Brandon Pemberton, CEO and founder of Sports Trap Radio, and Brandon on Sports.org. And this is Sports Trap Radio here on another Tuesday night. About an hour earlier than usual, um, I decided to start the show early because Aunt Green, you know, unfortunately, had got called in to work, and he couldn't join us for the podcast and the radio show tonight. But as usual, what you're gonna get here is the best sports talk radio on internet, you know, nationwide, regular radio, whatever it may be. Here at Sports Trap Radio, we bring you the realness we bring the rawness, you get legit points and opinions based upon film study and actually watching the games, not lies, not made-up things, not what other people say, no. Brandon Pemberton, the maestro of the playbook, gives you his opinion and facts based upon my film study. So, you know, we got a big-time show last night. The Ohio State Buckeyes, as me and Ant Green predicted, Friday on Sports Trap TV, they defeated Oregon last night, 42-20. to 20. We're going to talk about that. The NFL divisional rounds took place this weekend. We had some great football games this weekend, some controversy, you know, with a call in the Dallas Cowboys-Green Bay Packers football game. We're going to talk about that as well. You know, the NFL draft process getting started um, this week, you know, East West Shrine, Grain. East-West Shrine game down in Tampa will take place on Saturday, as well as the NFL Players Association Collegiate Bowl. We got, you know, prospects out there practicing one-on-ones. The evaluation is getting started, and, you know, I've been in the film room. You know, I've, you know, did some quarterback film. Um, I'm about 12, 15 deep as far as the running backs and film on running backs. Um, and I'm about 30 to 35 deep as far as wide receivers. So I'll talk about that. Um, You know, Cardell Jones, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, I'll talk about all of that tonight on Sports Trap Radio over the next hour or so. But going to last night's college football playoff national championship game, the first one, the inaugural one, before I get into the game, this I will say. For years, you know, we talked about them having a playoff system. This year had some glitches in it, but no one can sit and tell me that over these last two-plus weeks that they're not happy with how it all turned out. Ohio State got in as the four seed. They were the best team. They got hot. You know, after they lost to Virginia Tech, they became a different team. On their third quarterback. Offensive line replaced four starters from last year. They got better. Ezekiel Elliott emerged. Carl Jones came in, third-string quarterback, and played very well. And they went in there last night, and they did what I thought they would do. I thought when you watch Ohio State across the board, the talent that they have, this isn't your typical Big Ten team because of the influence of Urban Meyer and his ties the players from down south, with his ability to get players, the best players, big, strong, fast, potential pro prospects across the board at all three levels on defense, offensively, the ability to run the football down Oregon's throat with Ezekiel Elliott, Carl Jones with the ability with the big arm to throw the football down the field, wide receivers in Devin Smith that can beat you deep. They came into this game an underdog. I called it outright winner, and hopefully you people cashed in. Last night, we seen Ohio State team that was just clearly better than opposition. And looking at the game, Ohio State turned the football over four times in the game, and those turnovers could have been crucial. But what they did was hold Oregon to field goals and. In- you know, when they had opportunities to get touchdowns. And that was the difference between the Florida State game and the Oregon State game. Florida State outplayed Oregon for the most part when you look at the numbers. They had over well, over almost 600 yards of offense versus Oregon's defense. But the turnovers would kill them, and then they weren't mentally tough against Oregon. Ohio State went out there yesterday It took the fight to Oregon after that first drive, the first drive Oregon had eleven plays, seventy-five yards. They scored the touchdown. After that, what we seen was Ohio State imposed their will on both sides of the football versus Oregon. You know, at one point in the second quarter, it was up twenty-one to seven. Went in halftime up twenty-one ten. Coming out of halftime, Oregon answered back. You know, with ten straight points, and from there. It was 21-20 to 20 with 639 left in the third quarter. And from then, Ohio State flat out kicked their asses. Even with them turning the football over, them not giving up defensively, their ability to rush the passer, you know, make the pocket dirty for Mariota, tackle well, not blow assignments. That's what won this football game, point-blank period. It's no other way for me to put it. It's that easy. They ran the football 61 times in this in this game, 61 runs to 23 passes. They flat-out bought it to Oregon instead of sitting back and being the one taking the hits. They took the hits to them. Ezekiel Elliott will be the first, barring some catastrophic injury, is going to be a Heisman candidate, going to be the best running back in college football next year. If he was eligible in this draft this year, it's probably two, three running backs that I would take before him. He runs it, he blocks, has decent hands. You know, Oregon missed a lot of opportunities, didn't cash in in the red zone, dropped some passes that would have kept drives alive. Marcus Mariota missed some passes. What Oregon State, what Ohio State, excuse me, was able to do and Anytime you play an offense like Oregon's, and it's been the blueprint since Chip Kelly was there, and the NFL team used the same blueprint, if you got the athlete in the secondary to play press man coverage versus Oregon's wide receivers, then you're going to be successful. That and then in the you can man up a cross and then have the ability with your front four to win and shed blocks and get off blocks, you can beat them because Oregon's whole system is based upon wearing the other team down and then the team eventually making a mistake. When you don't make mental mistakes and you hit and tackle versus Oregon, you beat them. Point blank pair because the scheme isn't, it's not nothing special. If everybody does what they're supposed to do, doesn't blow assignment, you beat them. Marcus Mariota has the physical tools that you're looking for as far as a quarterback going to, to the next level. But Marcus Mariota doesn't have a lot of reps versus tight man coverage versus teams that can blitz with tight man coverage and teams that can rush with four, make the pocket dirty, and force him to make quick decisions with the pocket dirty. That's what happens on Sundays in the NFL. I've said this time after time. At every level, it could be 55 pounds, Pop Warner, high school, college, NFL. If my quarterback can't win inside the pocket when it's dirty, when he's under pressure, when he's about to get hit, If he can't make tight stick throws with anticipation, he can't play for me. Marcus Mariota is going to have a big learning curve going to the NFL. That's the reason why I come into this year, I had him as a late first round. I gave him a late first round grade, early second, because of that. It's going to be a big learning curve for him. Is he the slam dunk number one prospect in this draft? No. And there's plenty of people that, you know, think he – Think he's as good as Andrew Luck or Matthew Stafford or, you know, Petty Bridgewater. I mean, one guy, you know, gave him a grade as high as Elways. That's complete bullshit. I mean, let's, like, stop it. I heard Brian Billick today say that he'd be okay in the right system. Well, a guy that can only play in one system isn't, uh, uh, you know, a big-time prospect in me. Jameis Winston can play in any system. Jameis Winston can be in a West Coast system. He could push it down the field. Any pro system, he'll be fine in that system because his ability to pass the football, you know, with next-level traits. Marcus Mariota is, you know, the Eagles want him that bad. Honestly, that that I'm looking at it, teams may not be that sold on him, but it only takes one. But the Eagles might not have to trade that far up from 20 to get him. And, you know, everybody here in Philadelphia is, you know, all gun-ho and and Chip we trust. They handed the the keys to Chip Kelly, so Chip Kelly may do whatever it takes to get Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is not the prospect that you sell the farm for. He's not. He's not that He's not that type of prospect. The Eagles get Marcus Mariota, and then when Chip Kelly leaves, and Marcus Mariota isn't a fit for the next coach that's coming in, then what? I'm not drafting a quarterback that's that high or so giving up that much for a guy that's only okay or only can be successful in a certain scheme. That doesn't work for me. Now, on the Cardell Jones, which is, he's an intriguing prospect. He's a redshirt sophomore, 22 years old, just had a daughter, started only three games of his career, and he's been three big games. Played decently. I mean, let's not go overboard. I mean, Skip Bayless, dumbass, you know, said he's better than Cam. You know, earlier this week, they, you know, Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. Thought he should be a first round pick. Them two are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. Twitter last night was going ape shit. You know, calling. You know, saying he's the next thing coming. Look, we see him play for three games. Here at Philadelphia, these people here should know better. We've seen Bobby Horning have a five or six game run, and the Daily News was comparing him to Joe Montana. And look what that what that took us. You know, what I mean, look how that finished out. Carl Jones has fit great physical tools. He's 6'5", he's 250, he's gotten himself the shape. At one point when he was at Ohio State, when he got there, he was over 270 pounds. He's gotten himself the shape. He took full advantage of this opportunity, and he's done well with it. The question is now, what does he do? Because if I'm him and his family One, he's not ready to go to the NFL yet. Three games ain't enough. It's not enough. But if Cardell Jones is the starter next year, what Cardell Jones can do is play himself possibly into the late first round, early second round, higher than that. It's all about play on the field. It's all about production. It's all about what you put out on tape on a consistent basis, not three games. Cardell Jones is going, to, you know, a big decision to make. On the other hand, he he played well in them three games enough for a team to take a flyer on him or in the fourth or fifth round, sixth round, as a developmental player. But the difference is with baseball and hockey and basketball is there's a minor league system. You can draft a player that might not play in the NBA, may play 20 games in the NBA's rookie year, but he can play 40 or 50 in the in, the, in the de- de- developmental league. In baseball, you could draft a player, you put him through the minor leagues, once he develops and he's ready to come up, you bring him up and he can play. In the NFL, playing a quarterback position on just football period is all about getting reps. That's why when people ask me when I look for a quarterback, a quarterback prospect coming into the NFL, what do I look for? The first thing I say is at least three years of started experience, 30 to 40 games as a starter. I'm, I really stand by it because I believe you only get better as a quarterback by seeing things and playing, by making mistakes and learning, trial and error. Cardell Jones has what? How many passing attempts in this? this year as a starter, a little over 70, if that, 75, he hasn't seen much. The physical talents are there, but I need to see a bigger body of work from him. And he's 22 years old, and according to Ben Albright, you know what I mean, certain quarterbacks come in and drive a certain age, they always fail. Look, F that. I mean, because I'll judge people on a prospect-to-prospect basis. You know what I mean, I don't think every quarterback that comes out of certain systems, you know, aren't going to be successful, but I'll tell you this, guys that come from certain systems in which they're taught to play under center, they're taught, you know, to play under pressure, under the blitz. They're taught how to change, you know, protections at the line of scrimmage, you know, they have a better chance of being successful earlier and being successful long-term than certain quarterbacks. Like, honestly, if I was coaching a college team, I would honestly have my whole program based upon teaching these guys, you know, we're going to win. We're going to try to win, but I want to teach these guys and develop develop them and give them the opportunity to go – to the next level on play, or be a, you know be a coach in college and then make it to the next level. I mean these spread dick, and dunk offenses you know water it down. Marcus Mariota, you know if you just looked at his completion percentages, you would be like you would be tripped. But that's that's the difference a great scout and I understand everybody doesn't understand it, and I can be condescending on Twitter and Facebook and all that and act like I know it all. I mean, but honestly, I know more than you. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm very confident in my eyes and my knowledge of football. I mean, it's been proven. Go on my website and look at my scouting report. Listen to my show. Listen to me talk. You know what I mean? I hate coming off this way, but people test me every day. No way a, a guy who cut hair going to tell me about TCU and he can't name one player on the team. I mean, like I don't go around telling barbers how to use a razor and shape up a beard. So don't sit and tell me, you know, about TCU not being good and you can't name a player on the team. You watch them play one time. Marcus Mariota has a chance to be a decent NFL quarterback, to be a good quarterback, Alex Smith type of quarterback. But it's going to be all up to him. It's going to be all how he performs, you know, in under pressure with guys on his, you know, at his feet, getting hit around. How many before yesterday he really hadn't took a beat as a quarterback. Like part of the the game, like, pl- part of playing football, a big part of it is mental, is, be, you know, being mentally strong. Eli Manning, for all people say, you know, they rip him and stuff, but Eli Manning is mentally strong. That beating he took in the NFC title game versus the 49ers, he got up time after time and kept throwing the football, kept throwing strikes. Everybody don't have it. Rick Meyer didn't have it. McMire was rookie of the year's rookie year. At some point, he took some sort of hit or something, and he said, I was done, and, you know, I don't want this. Everybody doesn't have it. I remember watching Jeremy Macklin return kicks and punts his rookie year, and he took a hard hit on a kick return or a punt return, and I'm like, and I seen how he reacted, and I said, he'll never be a kick or punt returner in the NFL because he don't, he don't want to be a part of that. Everybody's not built to be a great NFL player or be a good NFL player. Plenty of great house basketball, football players have been mediocre or unsuccessful at the NFL level. It's a totally different game. It's Everything's different. I had an argument with some jackass last year on NGFC Sports Network. He told me that the guy, the quarterback of, uh, Jordan Lynch from Northern Illinois is the best quarterback in the draft. What? Huh? Best quarterback in the draft? You kidding me? Jordan Lynch. Everybody doesn't understand the game, man. Point blank, period. The reason why I didn't want the Eagles to hire Chip Kelly, he wasn't even on my list, is because I don't think long-term his offense, his style of offense works unless he's going to change and adjust. The Eagles have no heavy packages. They continue to go with, you know, zone blocking system on goal line or short yard situations where, you know, guys are going to shoot the gaps. No fullback, no tight blocking tight end. They don't go on the center. I mean, after year two, teams have caught up to what you did year one. How often did the Eagles use the uh, the screen pass to the wide receiver this year compared to last year? Last year, early on, they used it a lot at work. This year, how often? Because you know what teams did? And teams that have the capability of doing it, we're going to just press manual across the board. Chip Kelly has to make an adjustment with his coaching style. What's even scarier, in my opinion, is the fact that Chip Kelly – who thought that you No. Know, Deshaun Jackson was okay? Who drafted Marcus Smith? Who was going? Who drafted Josh Huff? Who was going to draft? You know, um, the defensive lineman. They thought he's a third round talent. Now he's in charge of the personnel, which makes me think since Mariota is, is his guy, he thinks so highly of him, he's going to be willing to give up too much. To go get Mariota. Mariota isn't a Andrew Luck prospect. He isn't a John Elway. He isn't a Peyton Manning. He isn't a Eli Manning prospect. He isn't Philip Rivers. He isn't Ben Roethlisberger coming out of Miami of Ohio. He's not that. So everybody here in Philadelphia, please stop it! Damn it! I get frustrated because there's a bunch of people on these airwaves here in Philadelphia and across the board that have no clue what they're talking about, but your blind-ass Eagles fans listen to anything they say. That's what makes me upset. I won't stare you the wrong way. I'll tell you the god honest truth, because you know what? I don't have a dog in this race. I'm not a fan of any team. I'm a sports talk radio host. I'm a writer. I'm an NFL draft scout. I'm an NBA draft scout. I'm an analyst. I'm not a fan of no team. I grew up an Eagles fan. I grew up a Broncos fan. I grew up a Sixers fan. I grew up a Lakers fan. I grew up a Phillies fan. I grew up like in the Oakland A's. I grew up a Flyers fan. The minute I got into this business, I left it all alone. You know who taught me that? Mike Messinelli. I'm not a fan of any team. I'm a fan of this sport. I love my craft. I take this seriously. So I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you the God-honest truth. I'm going to watch off 30 bowl games like I did. I'm going to do scouting reports and watch film on 35, 40 wide receivers. I'm going to give you my top 200 players in the draft, maybe 300. Because I take this serious, and y'all need the real. At some point, my my voice is going to go from a podcast on NGSC Sports and talk show at warroomsports.com. It's going to go from there to being mainstream. I know it's going to happen. And shout out to everybody at NGSCSports.com. Shout-out to my boys at warroomsports.com because, because of them, I'm able to take this, that what I love, and people get to hear my passion and hear that I'm real about this. And I appreciate everybody that's in my corner. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Shout-out to Aunt Green because I had no idea Aunt Green wanted to be a part of this. But what Ant Green has showed me, that he's willing to work as hard as I am at this. He's willing to DVR games and go back and watch them games and make sure he's prepared for our show. And the host I had prior to Ant wasn't, in, like, they weren't about this. My thing is, if you in it, you win it. You're going to work as hard as me, and you're not going to mess up my flow. And Ant Green hasn't messed the flow up. He's enhanced it. He's just as serious about this as as I am. I'm great with football. He's great with basketball. I learn from him stuff about basketball all the time. He learned from me. We learn from each other. We don't always agree, but we don't make up arguments either. You know what I mean? But, you know, this is my time of year, draft time. East West Shrine game, all types of game. And shout out to uh Al Haj Shabazz, Philadelphia Zone, Southwest Philly, Bartram High School, Westchester, All american Division Two All American, Six Foot Two, Two Hundred Pound Cornerback from Here in Philadelphia is playing at him is Dyer Anderson, IR Bam Anderson, Frankfurt High School, University of Nebraska, outside linebacker, strong safety prospect. Both of them are playing at the NFL PA collegium Bowl, out LA, and you know, at some point, I'm hoping to get both of those guys on, um, you know, on the show to talk about their journey. But it's prospects from all over, all levels, and you know, getting the film, breaking them down, see how they do. Um, you know, during the week, the practices, I, the game is important as far as you know these All Star games, but the practice week is just as important. Because the scouts from all teams, all facets, around watching the one-on-ones, watching your technique, seeing how fast you are, how much, how tall you are, how much you weigh, you know, they get a chance to see you do football things in pads and helmets in person. As a scout, combine is okay, pro day is okay, but at the end of the day, what you do with helmet and shoulder pads on. When it's 21 other people on the field, that's what matters. That's what matters. Nothing else matters. You can have a great pro day and turn out to be a horrible player. Mike McMuller had a great pro day. The Eagles drafted him instead of Warren Sapp. How did that turn out, people? The Eagles drafted John Harris instead of Randy Moss. How did that turn out? I'm just saying, like, I'm just, people, I'm just being honest. I don't know what you want me to say, but don't fall in love with the combine. Don't fall in love with the pro. There certain aspects of both that are part of evaluation, but football is played with helmet and shoulder pads, and I need to see that you can play under those circumstances. All right, on to the NFL. We had the divisional round this weekend. We start off with the Ravens at the Patriots. The Patriots won a great football game, 35-31. Classic battle um, between, you know, a Ravens team that was confident. They were 2-1 versus the Patriots coming into the playoffs. You know, it's now tied 2-2 two, two between these guys. The classic game, the Patriots put the game on Tom Brady's back. 33 for 50, 367, three touchdowns. Gronkowski showed up seven catches, 108. I mean, I think the Patriots ran for 14 yards in the game. Joe Flacco played well, four touchdowns. He threw a couple, you know, two key interceptions. But, I mean, this game could have went either way. The Ravens got up early. The Patriots came back from two 14-point deficit two times and came back to win this game. In my opinion, the Patriots are the clear favorite next week versus the Colts to get back to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, it's because of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, point blank period. There's no other way for me to put it. No other way. Tom Brady is a franchise quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks to ever put a football helmet on. And if they win the Super Bowl this year, there's a legit argument of him him being the best all time. Point blank period, they haven't won a Super Bowl in over ten years. Him and Belichick is starving for another one. Because they're the only two that's still around from ten years ago. It ain't many it ain't outside of people that's maybe on the staff, but it ain't no other players. I believe, from 10 years ago that's still around, Vince Warford. There ain't too many other guys around. Everybody came and went and retired. Next game, Seahawks 31, Panthers 17. The Panthers match up well with the Seahawks, but the turnovers, you know, the mistakes that would kill them. Cam Newton, when I went back and watched the tape, had a much better game that people won't give him credit for. Cam Newton is a national whipping boy. People love to whip on Cam Newton, but, you know what I mean, his numbers were decent. A lot of times the numbers won't give you the full, not a lot of times, all the time. You can look at numbers and they can tell you one thing, but the tape will tell you something different. Cam Newton made some good plays in this game you know, made some costly interceptions as well. Um, He's 1-2 and now in the current playoffs. You know, them beating, um, winning that playoff game last week versus Arizona was big. Cam Newton should be here to stay. He's a legit franchise quarterback. He's still developing at the pass that he's getting better. Cam Newton is more than a good enough quarterback for you to win a Super Bowl with. The key is, now the Panthers is, They get a better offensive line around him. Better running backs, better wide receivers, you know, add more to the mix. You know, continue to get better defensively. Sean McDermott, who was killed here during his time with the Eagles, has done nothing but succeed with the Carolina Panthers. Coaches need players. Sean McDermott was in a bad spot. Nobody's complaining about him now. He's even had interviews for the head coaching job. At some point, probably in the next, you know, couple years, he'll probably end up getting a job. The Seahawks, I mean, what more can you say? Impact players across the board, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Cam Chancellor, Sherman, Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner. I mean, they're playing great football. The NFC title game is at their place. They've beaten the Packers earlier this year. The Packers team now that's, you know, has Aaron Rodgers not at 100%. The game is theirs to lose. They can be right back in the Super Bowl for a second consecutive year.
1: Um, the Broncos
0: lost to the Colts at home this weekend. It was the ninth time in Peyton Mann's career that he's lost his first playoff game. We found out yesterday that Peyton Manning played with a torn quad. So that was the real. I was wondering, you know, what was up with him, and we now know why. The question is now. John Fox and the Broncos decided to go, you know, mutually to go to separate ways. John always said that him and Fox didn't agree with on how to build this team to win. So now is who's the next coach going to be? You know, Jack Del Rio and Gaze, the offensive defense coordinator both are interviewing in other places. Does John LA stay in house? Does he want Gaze to continue to be, you know, does he want him to be the head coach? Jack Del Rio has had success as a coach in his league already. Does he want Jack Del Rio to be the head coach? We don't know. Is Peyton Manning going to come back and play another season? In my opinion now, knowing that he was hurt, the question is: Is Peyton Manning, you know, as far as Broncos' plan going forward, is he a part of their plans? Does he agree with how they're going to do things? That's going to, you know, let us know whether Peyton Manning wants to play or not. John Elway, Peyton Manning, you know, these guys—they want to get together, Tom Heckert, and figure out what they're going to do going forward, as far as the Denver Broncos and the Broncos at some point. They're going to have to figure out whether Zach Geiser or Brock Osweiler is the next guy up after Peyton and That's what you know, needs to be figured out um, as far as this uh, Broncos team. The Colts, three years, in three years, their third year under Andrew Luck, they've made it one game away from the Super Bowl. That's why you draft Andrew Luck number one. And even with him being second in the league in turnovers, they where they're at now. That's the last thing he needs to sure up is the turnovers. In this week versus the Patriots, Andrew Luck cannot turn the football over and expect to win that game. They want to take good care of the ball, have some balance, and Andrew Luck has the capability because of just his ability, period, to make game changing plays. Point blank, period. The- Colts are where they are right now because of Andrew Luck's, you know, greatness in his third year. The defense played pretty damn well last week, but we all know looking back, Peyton Manning missed a lot of open throws down the field because he was injured. Colts need to shore some things up going into this week versus the Patriots because Tom Brady ain't injured. The last time they played, the the Patriots the Patriots ran the ball down and throw. Jonas Gray had almost two hundred yards. We'll see how it plays out. Final game of the week: Packers versus the Cowboys. I picked the Cowboys to win this game. I picked them plus five and a half to win this game, and I mean I did cover the spread, but I picked them as an outright winner. It all came down to a call, which was the correct call, but it was just a bad rule. That and also, in my opinion, the Cowboys' unwillingness when Aaron Rodgers got hot to know know he was hobbled, completed his last 10 passes, they didn't send one blitz at him. They didn't make him get off his spot. They didn't make him test his cab out. They let him sit in the pocket and play seven on seven. So, uh, Cowboys fans are upset. I understand. You know, the call was the call. Des Bryant went up and made a hell of a play in Des Bryant fashion. But the issue is not, you know, the ref making a bad call. The a rule. It's just a rule. Is, or is the NFL at some point going to change that rule? I don't know. You know, people... All of a sudden, on referees. Like, how do the referees know the rules? That's why they have replay. They went back and watched the replay, and, you know, it wasn't a completion. Once You know, he didn't complete the process once he hit the ground. Do I like the rule? No. But it's not the first time it's been called. And the Cowboys fans got some nerve when the Lions were screwed last week. The Lions should have been playing in this game. Oh well, shit happens. I who cares? Point blank period, like You know that's what happens. And that's my baby boy in the background yelling trying to get in here while I'm doing my radio show. <laughs> point blank period. But going forward this week on Friday, about eight o'clock, me and Ann Green will be doing sports trap TV. And we're gonna talk some more about some of the NFL draft prospects. Talk about some of the guys that's gonna be playing in the Shrine game and the collegiate bowl this weekend. We're gonna obviously preview and predict the NFC and AFC title games, talk some NBA hoops, college basketball and everything. A lot of things going on. You know, football is dominating everything right now, but we will, you know, touch on other things besides football on Friday starting at 8 p.m. The Ant Green is Brandon Pemberton, everybody at NGSC Shout out to my boys at Warroom Make sure y'all check them out Thursday starting at 6 p.m. I'm out of here.